Welcome into another Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Leela McRae. Joe Deck was with me. We have plenty of spring sports to talk about. We got region action this week. A state track meets for all the different classes happening this weekend. NHL, NBA playoffs coming at you. And we will also welcome Will Cash, the Yak Sports tourney bracket winner. He will be our guest this week. Um, might even have a little special side podcast this week. We'll see what we get there. But let's get started with where we have a lot of teams active, and that is high school softball, where Fort Defiance, 11-2 and on the season, 10-1. and They've already advanced to the semis for the Region C playoffs, where they will have a big rematch with TA, a team they split with to start the season. And uh, can Lillian Berry and the girls get it done there? Uh, we hope so. That's uh, TA is a strong team, strong program. They play deep into the postseason year after year. Um, but can they, you know, find a way to to do what they did the last time they played and beat TA and advance to that Region 3C final? Yeah, that's what we're hoping. And again, I think it's great that they're they're in a good position to be able to do that. They had a great regular season, splitting with TA. Now they get them again. It's a team they know they can beat, so they're gonna they're not gonna go in there, you know thinking, oh, man, we lost these guys. How are we ever going to beat them? We don't, you know, what do we have to do differently? They know what they have to do to beat them because they've done it. So they, they know how to do that. I, I think Fort's got a great chance, and I, I like Fort Defiance's chances to get into that regional final. Yeah, and even there, I'm, I'm you know, looking at the scores for Rustburg on the season and everything, I'm not, you know, just assuming it's some kind of – I think Fort's very strong, and, and they've shown it all year, and – uh there, I mean, Ford's only district loss was to Gap, a good Gap team that's still playing. They're mm-hmm. in the in the finals for uh, Class Two. They beat um, East Rockingham on Tuesday night. They're going to play Page on Thursday. So, two really good teams out of this district. That's the only team Fort lost to. Um, so, I, I I like the chances for both of those teams. I know Page is very strong in softball, so that's I, I think a pretty tough game for Gap. But I think Gap is capable of beating them. I mean, they're capable of beating Fort Defiance. I think they're capable of beating Page. It's you get in these one-game situations. Hey, we already dismissed one softball team this spring about beating a, a really good team, and, and look what happened. Uh, we were wrong, and Oklahoma went down. This the Page wow. is the Oklahoma here in this situation. Gap's going to beat them. That's that's what I'm calling. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, but then Oklahoma <laughs> came back and beat that team. Twice, well, they only got to play them once. <laughs> yeah, that, the that's the good here. news. Yeah, Gap <laughs> only has to beat Page once, and Fort only has to beat Rustburg once. Um, DHSL playoffs, not World Series. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll ride. I'll ride with you there. Let, let's go, Gap. Let's get in there and uh, take down Page. The only other uh, softball team we have, which I say only other, this is a place where we had three teams active still on Tuesday night at the time of recording. Uh, Riverheads playing Rappahannock County on Tuesday night. Actually, don't have the updated score there, so hoping for Riverheads there. Riverheads had a rough season, and uh, they spent some time away from the field, and now they're back. And it, and it this hasn't been as strong of a season for Riverheads as as we're used to seeing. Um, it, it would be kind of a surprise if they go to the number one seed and win, but hoping for our locals to win. State softball semifinals are next Tuesday. Finals Saturday, so that's what we're looking ahead to next week, and hopefully. At least two of our teams can still be playing next week. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That would be good. High school baseball. Uh, at the moment, uh, on Tuesday night, only Riverheads remains as the uh, only team from our area in baseball, which is surprising because Riverheads had a somewhat of a disappointing year. Only 6-6 six and six on the season. Uh, finished down 
not one of those top three teams tied for the district. Wilson, Fort, Sewers Draft all tied for the district lead there. Uh, Wilson and Fort had to play off to see who advanced to 3C. Wilson won that game, which was a, f- a fun one, uh, where they were 3-2 in the third inning with Fort with the bases loaded. So Wilson's on the edge there. Game gets called uh, to in delay and then gets put off till the next day. Well, Wilson comes out, gets out of that mess, and then they put runs on the board and win 9-2. So that was big for Wilson. Uh, I'm going to circle back to Wilson here in a minute, but they did go down in the first round there. But getting back to Riverheads, they were the only other team uh, in the playoffs here, and uh, they did. They they went to the one seed uh, as the four seed, and they got the win on Tuesday night. So then they'll have to now travel again to Central Lunenburg on Thursday. And and is this Riverheads just coming alive at the right time? Is this a battle-tested Riverheads team kind of putting it together at the right time? One game doesn't prove that, but two could. You know, you win – you win this region and, and you have some momentum going into state playoff for a team that's used to making it to that point. So I'm interested to see what they can do later in the week against Central Lunenburg. Yeah, it's hard to tell, right? Because we yeah. saw everybody in the Shenandoah District beat up on each other. Now, we saw the Class 3 team from the Shenandoah District get eliminated by Broadway pretty soundly, and we didn't have a 2B team qualify. So it's hard to say that, you know, iron sharpened iron there. It might just yeah. be that one class one B is just really, really bad. And the one seed there doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, Riverheads did beat them and, and credit to coach painter and the, and the gladiators for getting that done. We'll see if they can do it against central Lunenburg. And if they do, I mean, and then you're in the States and you only got to win two more. So, yeah. And it's momentum. I mean, the momentum's there and I, I, I think if it was a different team that's not used to being in the state tournament for this sport, maybe I would I wouldn't be as quick to jump on this. But this is a team that expects to be there and 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 a lot of these guys on this roster have been there, even as sophomores were were there back in uh, twenty nineteen. So I, I think it's interesting. It's something to watch for. You know, am, am I betting am I getting on DraftKings betting on Riverheads baseball? Maybe not. I, I would have liked to seen some more wins during the regular season. Would also be but, um Circling back to Wilson, like I said, I wanted to do, I, I think Wilson, you know, they, they kind of won that district. They were one of the teams that finished with the best record. They won that playoff to decide who advanced for three C. So they kind of have that. They won the district mentality. And this was a year where going into the season, a lot of people were saying, Hey, this is a team that's a year or two away. This is a team that's mm-hmm. decent, but like they had some talent split up between the JV and varsity. And, and they thought next year, or the year after is when they were kind of put it all together. Well, here they are on top of the district this year. Now, as you said, a district that beat up on each other, but still, they they beat everybody. You know, they beat all sorts of teams. So I, I give them credit uh, that they're kind of sitting in the most positive spot. Like I, going into next year, it's going to be hard to say one of these other teams is just going to be better than Wilson. I think Wilson's definitely in the conversation to win the district next year, if not the favorite sitting here now. Yeah, um, I, I think you're exactly right because with Wilson having, as you said, kind of that you know, one to two year window still before they're at the top of the district. We, we thought Fort, we thought this was their district yeah, to lose. We thought Fort. Yep. So um, with Riverheads or uh, excuse me, with Wilson coming out and winning the district this year, I think that's, that's great for them and their baseball program. Cause I, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think next year coming in, I would be shocked if Wilson didn't win the district again, just because what they did to some se- more senior heavy teams in the Shenandoah district this year, they're going to have to replace those kids. And, and Wilson's got the varsity experience and they're adding more talent from the JV level to that. That is high quality JV talent. 
Yeah. Beating Fort, sweeping draft, beating Riverheads. Like, that's what you need to do. I, I want to give Stanton the, the call out. I mean, we I, I don't think I had it quantified before, but they won three of four there uh, right before the season ended, beating Fort, Riverheads, and Wilson. And uh, also, it was only one run loss in that, in that one loss to draft. Um, and that was before the finale to Gap, where they fell again. But, mm-hmm. you know, those four games stretch against the four teams ahead of them, four of the five teams ahead of them in the district, they played really well. Uh, for a, what I've been told is a young team there in Stanton, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for them to, to rise that way. We always co- like Coach Loss and uh, rooting for him. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's just something you can build off. Hey, we played the best and we performed well uh, after we got our heads kicked in for a while. You know, I I, I think that's a good positive sign for them. But stay, stay positive there, but I think Wilson's – Wilson's the favorite going next year. Yeah, definitely uh, a strong close of the season there for Stanton. And as you said, I, I love seeing Coach Loss and uh, his teams be able to get wins, and it was great to see them close strong. All right, moving over to the pitch. Did I say that right, Joe? Is That's that, right. Is that how we say this? Uh, I think the biggest discussion over on the girls' side soccer is can Fort get to the state playoffs? They've had an undefeated season, um, and – against a solid Wilson team sitting there in three C they beat them both times they played. I, I think they have been enough tested. I don't know if battle tested is the right way to put it in this district for soccer. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think a lot of tough competition outside of Wilson, but can they go on into the class three playoff and, and do what they need to do. They've advanced to the semifinals by beating Brookville on Tuesday night, five, nothing. Um, they're going to have to take on a solid, solid Spotswood team who, or excuse me, Charlottesville team, excuse me, Spotswood went down. Charlottesville beat Spotswood. So they're going to have to beat a Charlottesville team who did knock off a solid Spotswood team um, to keep on advancing there. Uh, Western Almore, LCA are the other two teams still involved. LCA is the team that knocked out Wilson. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see can Fort Defiance make it to the state playoffs in girls soccer I think it's very possible. The the one seed for a reason, I I think they can do it. Excuse me, it's LCA. Yeah, I was going to say, I I highlighted that on the note because I was like, "Um, I've got LCA on this bracket. But yeah, so (laughs) it's LCA who beat Wilson. And LCA is the team that knocked off Wilson. Yeah, Ah. so I think Fort Fort will be able to get past LCA. That question is going to become when it's Western Albemarle, right? Um, Unless Charles upsets Western Albemarle too, but... Western Albemarle is pretty good, and uh, but you know what? Just like uh, when we were talking about on the softball side of things where we think Fort's going to be able to come out on top in that region, uh, I'm going to back Fort's girls here. I think I think their soccer team's going to be able to get it done on the pitch. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for that. I think I think they can do it, and hopefully next week we're talking about them being in the state playoffs. That's, that's what I'm planning for. In uh, 2B, draft did go down uh, or went went north to, to Clark County on Tuesday night and and went down 7 nothing. So draft season's done. And, and a down year for girls drafts soccer. Um, they they had been strong these other years and, and had some stretches of undefeated and not giving up goals. And, and this was a down year. So uh, it will be Clark County and Stonewall Jackson in the final in 2B. So no local teams left there. Uh, Riverheads, Alta Vista. Uh, by default, they're the only two girls soccer programs in Region 1B. They get to play in a final. It's supposed to be playing Tuesday night. I don't have the update there. Um, hopefully, Riverhead's able to win that. No no reason to think they can't. So we'll see what happens getting to host that game. Again, all these sports we've just talked about and, and what we're about to talk about, 
all have state playoffs next week. So that's what we'll be breaking down next week. But going over to boys soccer, we're used to talking about Stanton soccer. And we are still talking about Stanton soccer because in 2B, they are the two seed and they have won in the first round, beating Stonewall 2 nothing. They'll advance to play at the one seed, Clark County, uh, who beat up on Buckingham. Um, and so that's Stanton. I think we're going to get to talk about Stanton another week. So I don't want to talk about them to a whole lot of extent here. It was Wilson. Wilson beat Stanton just last week um, in a huge game that we that was exciting, that things were different. And, and it was fun to see a different team get in the mix there. But Wilson does go down to TA in the first round of the Class 3C playoff there in the quarterfinals. So Wilson's season is done. But I, I liked it that it kind of spread out the, the optimism in the district that mm-hmm. – I think you could see Wilson kind of building these last couple of years in that rivalry between Wilson and Stanton and, and Wilson would play them tough, but Stanton was still getting those wins. But then to see them tie early in the season, I think that that propelled them to know that they can beat that team. And then they, then they paid through and did it. It didn't pay off to postseason success, but I think that's a program on the move who, who will reload. And I, it's built really well there by Scott Harris. And we talked about, about him coming over from Riverheads last week with Patrick I think that's it's going to be fun to watch these two teams battle it out in the district next year with Stanton going up to, to Class 3C there. So I, I think another layer of that rivalry will will be a part of this, and it'll be a lot of fun. I think you're right. I think next year it gets really, really interesting with Fort Wilson and Stanton being all Class 3 teams in the Shenandoah district and all these sports. That, that rivalry between those three will really, really grow. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, there's it's the district rivalry, but then – you're not worried about seeing that team in the postseason. Now that's a team you're competing for playoff spots and limited number of playoff spots in three C because that's a, di- that's a region that has, I believe three different districts now with yeah. multiple teams with uh, the Shenandoah district, the Valley district and the Jefferson district. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, actually, I think Brookville and LCA are in a different district too. So four districts in that region. Um, it's a mess. It is, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it stinks to lose. I'm sure they wanted to go deeper in the region this year after building on that success of beating Stanton, but still a lot to be proud of on their season and to build sure. off of. I, I like your point there about the rivalry between those three teams. I mean, we've seen different versions of a Wilson Stanton, Stanton Fort, Wilson Fort rivalries. We've seen that in the past. I mean, Stanton and Fort traditional Valley district teams. So, that rivalry is always there. Wilson has had its time popping into the Valley District. There was a time where it was the Southern Valley District. Um, you know, those kind of times. But also when Wilson was a Class 2 team or, or Class 1, 2A team and, and, and that deal, um, Wilson was kind of always that that non-conference rival of Stanton and Fort. And there was always big teams. I mean, Fort and Wilson played every year in football and stuff. So I agree with you that it, that's going to interject a lot of fun back to these rivalries that I think a lot of these people with with kids may be back at the school now that played in that, played with that um, rivalry there. I think it'll be fun to see that again. It'll be interesting to see how the district shakes up because Waynesboro is going to be in there too. That'll be the fourth team. And and we're oh, not talking right. about Waynesboro a lot this spring. That's right. I forgot about Waynesboro coming in. It's yeah. going to be, you know, big school loaded. And mm-hmm. um, it's going to be fun to watch those rivalries, but also how do Buffalo Gap and Riverheads, who are, st- are going to be in class one together, uh, now they'll be in Riverheads won't be the only team down in class one. 
uh, how those teams, you know, play play against those bigger schools. And and we see a lot of success in a lot of different sports for those two teams. I mean, we were just talking about Buffalo Gap beating Fort Defiance in a softball game. We see success from Riverheads, obviously, in football and, and basketball even and, and baseball. So it's, it's going to be – the balance of the district is going to get shaken up with Waynesboro coming in, Stanton going up, Buffalo Gap going down. I mean, Draft's going to be sitting there alone as the only Class 2 team. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this district shakes out uh, with, with with the different load of this. And I, I think soccer is an example, but we'll be talking about it all year on how, on how that goes. Um, jumping down to Riverheads, they did make the Class 1B playoff. They, they lost on Monday night to the Appomattox Regional School, who is very good at soccer. Um, but that was Region 1B where Riverhead soccer, I think, and they might have been over and, and made the playoffs there. So one B not really living up to the uh, the hard status there. <laughs> right. All right. So I want to talk about track for a minute because we've ignored it all season, and it's just it, I think track's hard to cover during the regular season. When you get to these region tournaments, state tournaments, I think it's a lot easier to kind of focus on who we have. And last week was a great time to kind of come into this with the drama that we saw at the region two B. Uh, track tournament there we saw cody elliott we saw patrick height both uh tweeting about this uh track meet and everything draft on the boys side edges out stanton to be the winner uh there on the boys side uh coach james carter and rhines and nice all there uh just having enough they had lost to stanton i think the week before in a in a shenandoah district match so uh or, or uh match is the wrong word but it was it was fun to see that drama draft led by watkins Bombi, nice. There's a lot of familiar names there. <laughs> Stewart's draft coming out of the football season, but also Stanton led by Micah Sanders, Ryan Bosman, all these people I'm listing off. They all first place in events. So those are guys to watch going in to the state tournament, but it was fun to see the Shenandoah district in that class to be, you know, three of the four top teams all from the Shenandoah district. And, and that's what I'm used to. That's, you know, 20 years ago, really strong and track in this area. Riverheads was usually one of those teams as well. Um, you know, I, it was cool to see Shenandoah district representing so well on the boys side of track. Yeah. I, I really impressed with the way the track teams performed this year in two B. And like you said, I mean, this has been a down spring season for a lot of these Shenandoah district teams in a lot of sports, but track is not one of them. They got three of the no. top four spots. The Shenandoah district hasn't been that strong in any of the other spring sports. So it's no. phenomenal to see them do that on the boys' side and even the girls' side. I mean, we didn't have three out of four, but you had Stanton win the district on the girls' side and draft a respectable fifth-place showing. Yeah, and and I'm I'm eager to watch both of these uh, sides go there. You know, Co- Coach Telly Tate, I saw him on social media really talking up his girls' team, winning that region to be like such a great moment. I'm really happy for him as a coach um, and draft doing so good with that same coaching staff over there. Um, so, yeah, I think it was good on both sides. Stanton on the girls' side, the, the Schwanner girl was the, the 2B performer of the year. I mean, uh, that's, you know, you got the MVP for the for Region 2B. That's great. Uh, she was first in long jump. She was on the 4x100 team. Uh, Stewart's draft, she, they were led by um, Abby McCola, uh, Bethesda Stewart, uh, Leah Wood. Again, all these all these names are names you look ahead at going into next week into these state track meets, which which do happen this weekend. Class one will be on Friday at um, JMU. Riverhead's going to have a lot of representation there. Uh, Levi Byler, Clay Kelly on the boys' side, Summer Wallace running and are performing in five events 
uh, for the Redheads girls. Uh, Berkeley Tyree, Savannah Crawford, uh, those are names we're going to be talking about next week because they're going to place high at the state track meet for Class 1. Class 2, um, all the names I've said for draft and Stanton on boys and girls' side, they'll be looking for state titles. Some real possibilities there. Leah Wood is, is an, I'm almost expecting to be talking about her next week, winning a state title there for Stewart's Draft Girls. Uh, Gap also has some long-distance runners in there. So something to watch for there on Saturday in the Class 2 meet. But then also on Friday, the Class 3 will happen. And it's really just, uh, just a few events between Fort and Wilson. Long-distance events is what Fort seems to specialize in. We've seen them do great in the 4x800 and the 4x400 previously. They got Ramsey Corbin and Nathan Shiflett and others involved in those events and also their individual events. And then Wilson with Eliza Dana uh, running the 800. You know, all opportunities there in Class 3, but you can kind of see there, Class 1, Riverheads, involved in 37 events, and then it kind of just goes down from there as you go into the higher classes because you just... You know, you have the the more chances of having better athletes at those at those bigger schools. So, uh, but hopefully, we can bring home some state individual titles next week. I don't see us getting an opportunity for a team event, team state title. Uh, from what I was seeing, the projections and and what was going on and how and qualifying times, but but you never know. Riverheads boys, uh, back in. Well, the middle 2000s, they they weren't supposed to be contending for a state title um, meet uh, for a team, and they did. And so sometimes you just got to put it all together. Uh, so when you see teams like Stanton and Stewart's Draft involved in so many events, you do, you know, you get a couple surprises and you, you could be looking different, at least at a uh, podium finish for a team, which would be very cool. Yeah. All right. So that's our track call out. We will be talking track next week. So if you are interested in the track make sure you tune in next week make sure you tell your friends to listen to us next week we will be talking about results from the state meet and we're going to be excited about that looking over at ncaa men's baseball did you watch much this weekend no i did not watch much this weekend um i I caught i caught some of it on a tv where my brother and i were eating lunch and we both commented on how much we hated the Mississippi State game against Notre Dame's uniforms. Uh, that game was the ugliest looking game to watch. Um, but, and, and you know what? I'm glad NC State beat Arkansas for no other reason. Well, one, the ACC beats the SEC, which is always good. But mm-hmm. two, NC State looks so much better than Arkansas. Arkansas has this like weird thing with their baseball uniforms. The A looks too close to the <laughs> Alabama A for me. And so when they didn't put the hog on there, I was like, you know what? I don't want Arkansas to win. And they didn't. So good for NC State. Their uniforms look sharp. Plus, they're, whenever you're these state teams, you get to do the little uh, hand signal with the little wolf uh, where you take your uh, ring finger and your middle finger and then you put them down with the thumb and then your index, uh, your pointer and your uh, pinky finger stick out. Like wolf ears. Uh, I mean, I don't know sign language, but I think you just you just said something mean to me with yeah. that there. Ooh, <laughs> do the little wolf howl for the wolf pack. Um, good for them. Texas Tech and Stanford. I didn't. I didn't see anything. Um, I did catch a little bit of Vanderbilt ECU, and that was just beat down. Poor ECU. Yeah, you went against Kumar Rocker in one of the games, and you knew you weren't going to win that one. And then the other one was just even worse. So yeah, and there and there's two unseeded teams remaining, both from the ACC. So I. If, if one of them just wasn't named the team they were named, I'd have some pride in that, that, hey, like these teams kind of got on the run at the right time. 
the, the making a run coming out of the ACC tournament would be like an argument to be made. I just I don't want to be rooting for UVA. I, I was rooting for DBU. I like I like when I see DBU against UVA. I just something something feels right there. Um, Dallas Baptist won that first game, but then Virginia beat two games in a row. I know the UVA fans are happy about it. I'm not as excited, but they'll have to contend with Texas and Mississippi State and Tennessee on their side of the bracket. Just further proves my Tampa Bay Devil Rays point. Maybe if they were called Dallas Devil University, they could have won two games this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe so. (laughs) NHL playoffs uh, with the Knights winning game one against the Canadiens. That's not surprising. The fact that the Knights are in it is a little bit surprising because last week I told you it was going to be an avalanche. They crapped the bed. The Canadians beating the Jets was offensive. The Islanders, Barry Trotz, man, dangerous dude. Dangerous dude indeed. Uh, They took out the team that shall not be named. uh, The Bruins. We'll we'll call them the Bruins, but from the city. Not where they're from. Yeah, yeah, we won't name the city. And uh, Tampa Bay having no problem with Carolina. What was surprising, though, in this second round already, not the night, or excuse me, the semifinals, is not the Knights beating the Canadians in game one, but the Islanders beat the Lightning in game one. I was shocked. This is just every single year that has passed since the Caps won the Stanley Cup has just been like a slap in the face because Barry Trotz has done so much better than the Washington Capitals franchise has since then. Uh, And he's doing it now. Now, they're losing, I believe they've lost game two to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, So it's a 1-1 series. And I still like the Lightning to win this series. That being said, I don't know what it is about the playoffs, but Barry Trotz is hard to beat. And I always laugh because I know you don't listen to Levitar, but Stu Gatz always makes the joke, if you want to beat Barry Trotz in the playoffs, you better kill him and then plan to attend his funeral after. Like, because this guy is just insane in the playoffs and what he gets his teams to do. I just think it'll be interesting if, you know, he wins the title with the Islanders, if, if he just gets out of that contract and goes coaching somewhere else, and two years later he has them in the, in the NHL finals. I, that's, that's, what I, that's what I want him to do now. I, I want him to be um, just that, that player, you know, that coach that just, Two years, I'll get you there. Two years, I'll get you there. I, I think that's that should be his thing. And then he goes to another franchise that's starving for a title. Yeah, like like Pittsburgh. That'd be good. No. That city, <laughs> no. They can go ahead and, yeah. Mm-mm. All right. Real quickly in the NBA, because I'm sure we'll get to NBA uh, with Will, uh, the Clippers versus the Jazz. The Hawks versus the 76ers, the Bucks versus the Nets. At the time of recording, all those are 2-2. I think the Nets are about to win a ball game there. Um, but what was surprising, I would say, is that not that the Suns beat the Nuggets. I don't think that's a surprise. They swept them. They just dominated that series. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton kind of putting it all together this year. And I'm not a guy that likes Chris Paul. I have never have been. When he was at Wake Forest, he punched Hodges where you don't punch another dude. And I've, I've held it against him that. ever since then. Wow. But I don't, I don't mind that he's kind of doing well right now. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if this is the, the Phil Mickelson effect where I like, I don't mind Phil Mickelson now. And I used to not like him. I don't know if this is, um, I don't know who else, who else has been like that for me. I, I, I forget. There's other people that 
I didn't like, and then I end up, end up starting to like him. A Shaq. I softened on Shaq at some point. I, I don't know. I, it's just Chris Paul. I, Shaq you was know, probably the change in Jersey. Yeah, when he went to the Lakers, I didn't like him. And so then, like, yeah, when he got out of that yellow and purple, it, it helped me. Um, but Chris Paul, I, I, I'm not against this. I guess I also because he kind of proved me right beating the Lakers helps too. And Devin Booker, like, he will be awesome. And I think he is awesome, but he's, he's on his way to really be something. I do like what what Chris Paul's doing. Another kind of highlight in the NBA that I like, I like that the Hawks are, are putting up a fight against the 76ers. I think a lot of people didn't assume that would happen that way. Um, and, I, and I like what they're doing down there um, with the kid that I can't remember his name. And Trae that's probably going to be the last time I... Say it again? Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young. And I, I was talking about him last week. I, I, this is kind of his moment. And uh, if somehow they can take that to at least a seven-game series, if not win that series, like it can absolutely was, skyrockets that opportunity for that kid. The 76ers just keep – they should beat the heck out of this team, and they well, don't. Well, but it's jo- Joel Embiid's <laughs> hurt, and that's not the same team without Joel Embiid. you think they'd be more steady without the head case in there. Yeah, but well, but okay, but then their next option is Ben Simmons, who has somehow made a professional basketball career despite not being able to actually shoot. It's a one seed. He was a one pick, a number one pick. I can't believe it. He's like the Fultz kid. Like, what? What was that? I mean, I don't know how you make it that far in the sport of basketball without being able to shoot, but yeah. he has made it. <laughs> he makes me rethink my basketball career. Like, I mean, I couldn't shoot. Why? Why couldn't I have been a number one pick, you know? Because you can't play defense and rebound like Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I, could, yeah. I actually could play defense. I couldn't play defense at that level. I was going to say. Mm, level. <laughs> That's all I had, dude. Yeah. That's the only way I was even on the team. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here and let's get to the B block where we will have Will Cash bracket winner. And he'll be on for his prize session of the Yak Sports Podcast. All right, next on the Yak Sports Podcast, we're, we're paying off more winnings here as we are going to welcome Will Cash. He won the NCAA basketball bracket. He, he won the bracket, so he gets to be on the podcast to talk sports with us. And so, Will, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, and so our listeners know, you know, tell us who you are, what you, what you do, where you're from. Um, so I'm from Saint Virginia. Um, I go to Liberty University. Uh, I graduated from Wilson Memorial High School. So I'm from there, you know. I've I've worked with worked with you guys. Uh, high school football is when I started working with y'all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Intern at ESPN twelve forty, the boss. Uh, I'm a coordinator at TJ Maxx. If y'all see me there, I'm, I'm there like almost every day. So, so we yeah, get, do we get discounts after putting on, putting you on the podcast? Is that I got you, works? man. You already know. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> so. Uh, you went to Wilson and you go to Liberty. Uh, yes, so let's talk about your Wilson fan. I'm a, I'm a Riverheads guy. So right there, you and I have have some contention there. What what what? When you were in high school, what did you think of uh, local rivalries? Was was Riverheads the biggest rivalry, or or was another school? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I really was not fond of staying in high school. That's just me. Um, Y'all did have two fights in basketball. Yeah, we had two yeah. fights with uh, yeah. our basketball team, the standing kids. But I was, I was a cross country track guy, so I mean, there's not a ton of, it's not a ton of beefing in that. 
So, so yeah, Stanton has good long distance. Fort has good long distance. You, you weren't, okay, you weren't Stanton, trying to trip them have, out there? Actually, Stanton did have all of her. How, how, heck of a run. Yeah. Fort, yeah, Fort's insane with distance, man. They they whooped our – they had a team last year. My whole cross-country team was mostly seniors. And they had a team of sophomores, and they whooped us, man. So you never, like, out, like, deep on the cross-country track? You never try to shove somebody off the track? or just <laughs> Nah, man. Come on, man. <laughs> too much, too much. Rubbin's racing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm not Draymond Green or anything. All right. Well, I want to ask you about being a Virginia Tech fan because we, Leland and I know you're a Virginia Tech fan. We talk about it during our commercial break sometimes. Even though I go to Liberty, yeah. Well, okay. I want to talk about that because you and I had a conversation about this, and it's something I can relate to because I went to JMU, but I was a Virginia Tech fan because I've been a Virginia Tech fan mm-hmm. before I went to JMU, and it's not the same. Um, Liberty is at least FBS now, but you're a Virginia Tech fan. You've been a Virginia Tech fan, and now you go to Liberty, and you were saying folks at Liberty – uh, poo-poo that decision, uh, but I, I kind of sympathize with you on that because JMU fans didn't like me wearing Virginia Tech stuff. So, so after the game, you know, they had a game where uh, Coach Fuente kind of messed up that timeout call on the block field goal, and we lost. So See, it's still we. That's what I like. Yeah, it's still we. But um, so uh, next day. I wore some tech stuff, and I, I lived on the side of campus, East Campus, where most of the football players were. So um, when I, I came out of my dorm room one day, I probably – this sounds bad. I probably woke up at, like, 1130 or something because I didn't have a class <laughs> that day. And uh, I woke up. I had this Virginia Tech long sleeve shirt on, um, some sweatpants, and I had my retro eight Jordans on. Okay. So I'm walking out there, and a football player looks at me. I don't know. He, he must not play because I hadn't seen him. I didn't right. know who he was. Because, like, the well-known football players, like, you know, like Malik Willis and uh, DJ Stars. Mm-hmm. But um, he looks at me, and he was like, why are you wearing that? And I was like, I'm half, like, dead, man. I just woke up. I'm just trying to go get some breakfast. And he looks, and I'm like, bro, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, do you know what we did to those boys? And I was like, yeah, you beat him off a of lot. Like, good job, man. <laughs> like, I was like, I was kind of like, oh. And, like, I had a professor come up to me when I was walking to class. I had the same exact shirt on. He comes up and grabs me. He was like, man, you got to get that Virginia Tech stuff off. And I was, I was like, dang, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, when you're talking to a football player, it's probably not a good idea to say it to him, but – yeah, I would have been like, yeah, you mean, would you have been saying the same thing if Justin Fuente hadn't gone brain dead and called a timeout? Because then you lose on a blocked field goal that got housed. I mean, in that game, man, Hugh Freeze just coached circles around him. Yeah, that's a theme. We can week it, out, but theme, yeah. But, like, the thing is, Hugh Freeze is a really good coach. Yeah. Like, the only reason he's still not at Ole Miss right now is the uh, – the yeah. escort scandal. Yeah, he's good at making calls and setting up situations. Yeah. He's a good recruiter, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can recruit women to yeah. entertain the guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just don't like you freeze the person. But yeah. And um, you're not wrong. He did outcoach Justin Fuente, which 
I don't I mean, know how much that's saying. I mean, he gets out coached by Pat Narduzzi, and I think I Pat Narduzzi's it, it, a clown. I mean, it surprised me when Mickey Matthews outcoached Beamer. Like, that surprised me. Yeah, Hugh Freeze outcoaching Fuente wasn't, like, some kind of huge shocker. I thought we might have more talent than, than Liberty. That didn't appear to be the case. But We did yeah. have more talent. That, that was definitely the case. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just. I think, I think we're not very good. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we're not very good. I think we oversell. I think I'm so tired and. Feel free to chime in here, Will, after I'm done. But I am so tired of hearing, you know, oh, it doesn't take four and five stars. You know, we're going to work harder with three stars and two stars. Hashtag hard hat mentality. I'm like, well, I'm tired of being hashtag roadkill in the ACC. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, what do we get? Like our best, like recruiting class is usually like three stars now. Like when we were consistently (laughs) in the top 25, we were getting mostly four stars in our class. That was headlining our class. Yeah, our recruiting's gone down, no doubt. You can't even argue that. Yeah, and I mean, I like I heard like I've had Virginia Tech friends tell fans tell me like they're like, "Hey man, it's like COVID that we're not having good recruiting." I'm like, "Man, like the year before it wasn't good. This year's not good. The year after's not good." And let's not act like every college football team in America not dealing with COVID. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're exactly right on that because it's a it's a situation everyone's going through and we just happen to handle it the worst, I guess. Um, I want to ask you about your outlook here on the season. They play North Carolina week one. How do you see that one going? Oh, loss. <laughs> yeah. West Virginia. I don't know. Trubisky's, he's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. What about West Virginia? I think we can't win that game. I hope you're right. I hate them so. Much. I, I hate West Virginia. I don't like West Virginia. I mean, I I don't know. What's well, the like I mean, about a bunch of hillbillies? They have a they have a pretty veteran team, if I'm correct. I, I'm assuming uh, I did skip over Middle Tennessee State. I, I'm assuming that's one we'll win. Um, <sighs> Who knows? So I, you have us at two and one. <laughs> if you have us beating West Virginia, you're going to have to assume Middle Tennessee would be. <laughs> yeah. But you're, that's what sucks is that like. We probably do beat West Virginia, and then we do probably have like a nail biter, if not a loss, to someone like Middle Tennessee. Like that's what stinks with this this coaching staff. But yeah. so you have us at two and one, Richmond three and one, Notre Dame. I don't know. I the hopeful Virginia Tech fan in me wants to say we can win because like Notre oh, Dame's no. losing a lot, but like doesn't matter. Probably loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're still Notre Dame, and we're still Virginia Tech with Justin. Blake. Yeah, Pitt at home. I want to say we'll win, but they also return a lot. Okay, so I'm gonna say we're gonna win that one. Okay, all right. So you've got us four and two, four and two as we play Syracuse. Oh, we should win that one. Five and two at Georgia Tech. <sighs> I don't know that they they've gotten a lot better, man. Mm-hmm. They really have. Like, uh, what's his face? Uh, the coach down there has done a heck of a job. But um, I think we can win that one. Okay, 6-2, and two, we play Boston College at Boston College. Uh, I don't think we're going to win that one either. Okay, 6-3. up there and suck. 6-3, yeah. we play Duke at home. Okay, Duke, Coach, uh, coach Cutler should have been fired ages ago. Love that it. should be a win. Okay, so now we're 7-3. and three. Miami home. Oh, no, we're not beating Miami. <laughs> okay. Seven and four. We go into the finale in Charlottesville. 
if we don't beat UVA and we go seven and five, he should be fired on the spot. Well, he should but have fired on the spot after the Look at that Joe yeah. type talk right there. That's why. I think we should beat UVA. Yes. I, I'm telling you, Will and I, when it comes to this Justin Fuente stuff, see eye to eye on a lot of it. Oh, yeah. We, I've been saying – I started having my, uh, my doubts when uh, the year, like, after – it was like, I think we went 9-4. We played Oklahoma State in the, I can't remember what bowl, 2018, I want to say. And then 2019, when we went like 5-6, and six, I was kind of getting like a little like weary, you know what I mean? Mm. Or no, we went 6-7, six 6-7. and, seven, six and seven. Yeah. I was already, you know, engineering that train at that point. Well, well Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I wasn't on the train yet. I was thinking like, okay, he's been – He's been pretty good at his time at Virginia Tech, like up until that point. The ODU loss is what did it for me. Yeah, the ODU loss is what did it for me too. Duke, the, I was later. I, I admittedly I was later because I'm like the optimist. The Duke home beatdown, like that was uh, that was the final straw. Like I mean, I wasn't like ignoring the rest. The ODU loss was bad, but I was like, you know, still having hope that like it could come back. And then it's just like you can't lose to Duke at home by that much you can I, lose to duke you can you just can't lose until i thought the post-game presser was even worse yeah. i thought the post-game presser was even worse when he said we're just not good enough to compete with a team like that i know i was and like duke when has duke ever been historically good at football <laughs> never like their basketball school and now do i think Sorry, I'm kind of veering off topic here. Do it. Now, do I think uh, Schneider's going to still keep up, like, the Blue Blood Duke legacy? I do not. But that's oh, John me. Shire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Shire, yeah. I'm with you on that, actually. I think Virginia Tech is going to surpass Duke this year. Again. Oh, no, we're becoming a basketball school, 100%. Softball, baseball, soccer, yeah. Yeah, anything but football. So, But the uh, thing is, to go back on the 8-5 and five record, like, if he gets that, it's probably going to save his job for him. And that's the sad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, think we're I'm beating Notre Dame. I've said this out loud to friends recently. I was like, I'm at a point in my fandom with Virginia Tech that I've never been at a, in a point of any fandom with any team where I'm like, I kind of, I kind of want us to be bad enough to have to fire him because I just, I don't yeah. think he's ever going to get it done. And I, I want us to be good, but like, we're only going to be, but so okay with him as our coach. I don't think good is the right word. So I don't want to be okay with him and keep him as coach. I want to, I want it to do what it takes to get rid of him. I mean, that's, that's kind of what yeah. I'm looking for. And like, I saw something on Twitter, a guy at Virginia tech. I want to say it was Don V. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but um, he said that it's not Fuente's fault that the standards have changed. Did you say and Dwight Vic? No, I want to say his name's Don V. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And he said that, it's not Fuente's fault. The standards have changed and he's not, he's not wrong. Like, like it used to be, we expected 10 win seasons out of Frank Beamer. And then you go to Whit Babcock and he's just like, he's only expecting what six, seven, eight seasons or just make a bowl game. Uh, I don't know with that standards change. Like what, who, like, I don't think that's Whit Babcock's goal here. I think like, he has accepted it here because of a lot of factors. I don't, I mean, any, I, I don't think that's the new standard. In no way do I think that's the new standard. I disagree with like the premise of his point. Like, 
I don't think that's the new standard. I think everybody still expects like contention from the, from the ACC. Like we should yeah. be in contention and we are not. Given our I think schedules. The fandom expects that, not the administrational staff. Well, then why are they doing all this? Like, I mean, they're, they're doing the 25, um, fundraising like they're doing they're pumping all these different ideas and they're trying to raise more money to pump into the football team like that doesn't read the same way as what you're saying like as what that guy's saying i'm not trying to put it all on you uh but like it it does seem like they're trying everything but change the head coach to help this football team get better i think if they were okay with just barely making a bowl game we wouldn't like we wouldn't be pumping all these activities to raise money and everything then I think if he wanted to show support, then he would have fired for one thing after last season. I think there's a lot of factors in that. I think we talked about him a lot on the podcast. I think there's a lot of financial aspects around that that handcuffed him. Well, yeah, I, I can't wait for 100% capacity for that UNC game when all those fans pack in to watch us get our face kicked in. That'll be fun yeah, for them. Lose by 40. At least they'll be 100% at the <laughs> UNC game, and then they can be down to you know 80% for the Middle Tennessee game. No. Oh. I mean, we yeah, haven't had a like, lot of sellouts in the past couple seasons. So. At least we'll see Inner Sandman again. Yeah. So NBA playoffs are going. What what fandom do you carry in the NBA? I'm a Lakers fan. Mm. Oh my goodness. Joe knows this. I, I don't I don't I grew up a very devout Kobe fan. Mm. The okay, I mean, fan. I, you're a young and I get I get that. So so, who's the best player of all time? For now, I say Michael Jordan. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. No, I, I still think. Forever. Okay. LeBron still has a lot left in the tank. A lot is, a, is, a, is the wrong word. He's got like okay. one, maybe two. <laughs> one, maybe two, okay, and then he's not, done. He still has something left in the tank. Something okay. Like, people act like the Lakers getting eliminated in the first round. Like, like, why is everyone freaking out about it? Like, we still have two top five players in the NBA on our team. All they have to do is reload the roster, get some more shooters on the team, and we're completely fine. But if LeBron was the greatest player of all time, then he wouldn't have lost in the first round of the Phoenix Suns. But uh, second be, seed, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I mean, uh, but you're I not mean, saying Michael he's the greatest player of all time. The bad boy Pistons multiple times. Not well, in the first round. And then the first Michael round. Jordan lost to Larry Bird. Not in the no, first he got round. Wet by Larry Bird. Not in the first round. Yeah, he did. Okay, so who's the Larry Bird and who is the Isaiah Thomas of? I guess Isaiah Thomas, like Chris Paul, but who's the Larry Bird of of the Phoenix Suns? Nobody. Like no I mean, one is yeah, as you great. Can't as, compare that. Devin Booker is a star like coming. Devin Booker is going to be a phenomenal player. And, I mean, and, and Michael Jordan didn't face, you know, the coming stars from the New York Knicks and the Pacers and the every other team he had to, like, fend off just in the East before he got to the stars. Are, right, are we just going to act like LeBron, like, did not beat, like, a team with maybe four or five Hall of Famers on it in the finals one year in 2016? Did Michael Jordan not beat the Utah Jazz? Did he not beat Charles Barkley? Then you see, see the Utah Jazz and the 2016 Golden State Warriors don't compare at all. The Golden State Warriors had a super team, but that's like the like one two losses. But like he lost to the Dallas Mavericks and that was, that was with bad. a super that team. Was bad. That was like bad. 
I, uh, the LeBron's best playoff case is when he put the team on his back and, and beat the and beat the Warriors. The Warriors. I, I'll, I'll give I'll I'll give a lot of credit there. And that was after that victory, I was like, well, you know, if look at this. And I'm not saying like also LeBron's not a top consideration player. Like he's in the top five. Okay, like I'm 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 not going to argue that point. But the people that I think this year just solidifies that LeBron's never passed him toward. That's that's okay. so your so your for now thing. I I think it's forever. I, I don't think LeBron is passing Jordan. Okay, you're telling me in the next two years Lakers go back to back. He has six rings. Why would I think they go back to back? They've they've in the second round of the playoffs they haven't been there two out of the last three years. I mean, we did win the championship last year, with but is in a bubble. But they missed the playoffs. Okay, okay, no, no, no. no. Let's, let's go back. Let's round. go back. The bubble is probably harder than the regular NBA, right? It was no. so much harder that none of those teams won in the second because round. Because of the lack of rest they had coming off the offseason. They're garbage. Let's let's be honest. The bubble was fake. <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're about to make me mad. So what about LeBron? Now you know how Leland feels every week. <laughs> so I have two issues with LeBron. And, I'm, and honestly, Will, you, you don't know this about me. I... I pretty much used to be a LeBron apologist. Uh, when he went to Miami, I didn't, I didn't hate him. Uh, I rooted for him. We went back to Cleveland. I was rooting for him. I just don't like him on the Lakers because I'm not a fan of the Lakers. So I'm not just against LeBron. But the two things I have against LeBron right now that I don't like, and plus watching the Michael Jordan documentary a year ago probably doesn't help me, but I don't like LeBron flopping fake injury all the time. And I don't like this immediate promotion of Space Jam in the post-game talk. Like, those two things, it just seems like he's just not built the way I want my best player of all time built. Like, I, he doesn't have the mentality that I think it takes to be at the level that it would take for him to be the best player of all time. I mean, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, that's been his criticism the whole career, his whole career, and he still has four championships. So, I mean, and he's not even close to being gone. Like, he has at least a good four or five years left. In the five years? You think I he has five good no years No way. Left? Yes, he's LeBron has defied Father Tom up until this point. Like people act like LeBron's washed after this year, and what he averaged like twenty five and eight. He just got named to the All NBA second team. I don't care what all team he was really for the regular season awarded to. Like, come on, win playoff games, get to the conference finals. If if LeBron is what LeBron needs to be, still he's in the conference finals. That's what I'm saying. And he okay. and, and, and I'm not saying the Suns like he just couldn't be the Suns. I'm saying he would have had his team in a position to be there to to have a run. Everybody kept saying, including Joe Deck on this podcast, Lakers will just turn on the switch. Lakers will just turn on the switch. I was never seeing it, and it did not happen. They never turned on the switch to get better playoff seating. They never turned on the switch to avoid the play-in game. They win one game in the playoff game where it's a game winner for LeBron with a minute left. I don't know how that works, and then they go down to the sun. Like if, if LeBron's who everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people try to say LeBron is, they're not even in that position. They're a top four seed and they have a better team. They're facing like the Portland trailblazers and they're, and they're in the the second round. If not the, they wouldn't have wanted to play the blazers this year in the playoffs. Okay. Before Anthony Davis went down in the series, we were up to one. Like I people mean, forget about that. We were winning the series, and I then Anthony forget. Davis. So is Anthony Davis the best player of all time? Because I remember when Scottie Pippen is like having back spasms and can't play in the basketball game, and they're still winning. 
Michael Jordan didn't win a championship without Scottie Pippen. He won finals games without Scottie Pippen playing. I mean, yeah, but like what I'm saying is he wouldn't even gotten to the finals if it wasn't for Scottie Pippen. He wouldn't even be in that position. Something I don't, I, that's that's something we can't ever prove because there was he's six for six with him. So like you can't you can't. I LeBron mean, LeBron has had these other guys and failed, but and then sometimes succeeds. LeBron like. Michael was six for six with Scottie Pippen, sure. And Scottie Pippen was out for a season. They still had a good playoffs uh, seed because he came back late because of that injury, got that surgery in October. Uh, There was playoff games where he's missing. Michael Jordan puts the team on his back, still gets there. So, and I'm not saying there's not comparable moments for LeBron where he puts the team on his back. It's just like, I don't see where LeBron surpasses anything. And I do see where Michael Jordan surpasses LeBron in so many ways. And again, I think this year proves LeBron's never going to get over the hump of being the best ever because I don't think he has five years left. Okay, I don't think he has five championships to add to this. Okay, both of you guys answer this question. If the Lakers come out and win the 2022 NBA championship, is LeBron James the GOAT? No. See, then he's never going to be the GOAT for you guys. Well, Well, because it, as you said, (laughs) that's fair, but... That's fair. But as you said, the reason they didn't make it this year is because Anthony Davis got hurt. So I'm assuming yeah. Anthony Davis is healthy and Anthony Davis is the reason they win those titles. Okay. I will say they both play equal fact because if LeBron was hurt, Anthony Davis couldn't do it by himself. If like, like we saw this year, if AD's hurt, well, like the Lakers aren't going to go. Anywhere. I would say the Lakers like, weren't even I, a good what team, I'm though. Is, is like that I, when Anthony Davis was hurt, for Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. But the difference is that with Scottie Pippen getting hurt, the Bulls were still a good team. When Anthony Davis was hurt, the Lakers were not a good team. I mean, they were still like a top five seed in the West. Oh, no, they, no, they barely got they in. No, 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 no. They got significantly worse when both of them were injured. Like they were not great when it was just LeBron. Like I'm not, I'm not going to say. But even when LeBron great. came back, they weren't winning. I mean, they did win five straight to close out the regular season. To get to the seventh seed, congratulations. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of hard when your whole team's injured. Well, we're not going to agree on this one, but uh, that was fun. All right. Uh, moving on out of that ske- out of that topic, maybe we'll promise listeners we won't dwell on this again for a few weeks. Uh, getting into the most important part of every week's interview, what have you been binge watching, Will, that the rest of us need to be seeing and uh, a recommendation for us? All right. Have y'all watched All-American? No. Is that on Netflix? It's it's on Netflix. The first two seasons are on Netflix. Season three is going on right now. All American is a very good show. What is it about? I have I have. It's even about heard. it's about uh, it's semi true story. It's based on a true story. It's about uh, his name Spencer James. His real name like in the NFL is about Spencer Payout. It's about it's about his life like into becoming a football player. Okay. The NFL football. Now, a lot of it's dramatized, and that's what makes it interesting. It's a football <laughs> drama, basically. Yeah. Really good. Okay. All right. That's a good recommendation. We hadn't heard that one yet. I had not heard that one, so I'll check it out. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for playing the bracket with us and taking us up on the opportunity to come on the podcast. Uh, great to have you. Keep playing the fantasy stuff with us, so we maybe get you back on, or, or maybe we'll just bring you on for a good argument about LeBron and all the good stuff some other time. <laughs> yes, sir. Really appreciate it, guys. So thanks again to Will to come on the bra- for his winning the bracket coming on the podcast. Uh, a little editing note there. Uh, we're we're gonna we had a long session with Will there, which usually happens in commercial breaks, and we have uh, broken up arguments throughout games. Uh, but that just went long. We're gonna we're gonna create a special uh, side pod segment uh, to either you know, give you just what you want or help you avoid what you don't want. Uh, And so wait for that later in the week, but thanks for Will and what was included right there in the podcast. Um, It's fun to argue with Will about, it's just fun to argue with a different generation about, uh, about sports and LeBron. And even though he said Michael Jordan's the best, we still, we still argue with him that, yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, there's Gen Zers and there's (laughs) zoom and all that. I mean, yeah, no offense to the guests who prefer zoom, but, I, when I remember when Zoom became a thing, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, are you on Zoom?" And I was like, "I use Skype. I get unlimited video calls. Like, what is the big deal with Zoom? Um, been using Skype for decades. So, um, decades. <laughs> I guess a decade, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it was. It's awesome to have Will on. Yes. Uh, you know, and we have the relationship with him at the station. He's a producer back at the station. Uh, does good work for us when he's able to get in there. Uh, also, his efforts on bus- on bustingbrackets.com, he writes for mm-hmm. them. Uh, so always enjoy reading him on there. So um, always fun to ha- talk with Will, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that as well. Probably have him on again sometime because uh, we're going to get two, pay- two segments out of that uh, interview there. So yeah. we should say this, on the second one just as a, you know, bit of a tease. It's, again, college football playoffs. So if you liked Leland and I's <laughs> conversation, it's two – the, another level there with Will, another voice two added. One. Yeah, <laughs> um, and if you didn't like it, then you know you don't have to listen to it. But, but so on to the D block, on which we hope you do want to listen to. Here is what's dominating my life. It was my third child's birthday this weekend, and so it was fun to have uh, some family over and some close friends over as uh, we expand a little bit on. Uh, on getting back to normal life here. I and mean, it was fun. Uh, Cars, birthday party theme. Uh, that's that's one of the better uh, movies that he likes to watch. I, I enjoy Cars. And uh, he watches that and Bolt. I don't like Bolt. So I'm, I'm glad we went with the Cars theme there. Um, my wife went all out like she does for all the birthdays and a great cake. Decorations like crazy. Um, but it was just fun to have that moment of friends and family over celebrating celebrating that third kid. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So that's what definitely dominated my night this weekend. That's why I wasn't watching college baseball uh, and didn't didn't catch all the fun action there. But we'll see if we catch up in the World Series there. I, I guess JMU, I mean, just dumping all that time in last week to JMU uh, softball, I guess I, I just don't care as much about any of the teams in the, in, the, uh, in the baseball tournament. So I think it's affecting me. But we'll get to that. Yeah, that's why yeah, you got to find some uniforms and rally behind them. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad you had a great birthday party there for Arlo and have the car's birthday. Um, I haven't seen Bolt, so I can't compare it to Bolt. It's not good. If you, if, I mean, um, 
I'm not uh, crazy yeah, about Billy cars, but I think the reason like the main voice. Okay. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Miley Cyrus. I couldn't remember her name. She has a name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the man that is presence in her life, uh, yeah. is, is what yeah. defines her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think my problem with cars is Larry, Ka- Larry, the cable guy. I'm not a huge Larry, the cable guy fan. So <sighs> I know he's a minor character in that movie. Oh, he's not minor. He, I mean, it's plenty of Larry in that, but yeah, it's hard for me, know. but I'm not, not saying it's the best me. Pixar movie by any means. Yeah, I'm the not movie's not made for favorites. me. If Arlo likes it and he had a great birthday, then that's all that matters. He absolutely loves that movie. Well, good for Arlo. <laughs> what is dominating my life uh, this weekend was the opening of the Euro 2020 slash 2021 now soccer tournament. Uh, it's where the European national teams play in the UEFA competition to determine who is the European champion. That started this weekend. There was a scary moment actually in one of the opening matches of the tournament. It wasn't the opening match, um, but it was uh, the first match of the day on Saturday. The uh, player from Denmark, who also is in the Premier League, uh, Christian Eriksen, just collapsed right before halftime, collapsed. And the training staff was luckily able to get out there to him so quickly. And they actually revived him. He had, um, they had to revive him and perform CPR to bring him back to life uh, on the pitch and then get him to the hospital where he would be fine uh, once he was in the hospital. Um, I haven't heard what caused him to collapse, uh, but it was a scary moment. They stopped the match. uh, And then I think two or three hours later, picked it back up. Um, which I'm sure was hard for those, those players. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, uh, an exciting tournament nonetheless. And obviously I'm glad that he's okay. Uh, but Belgium beat Russia, which was good. Um, on Saturday, that was the match that my brother and I got to see England won against Croatia early Sunday morning, which I got to watch. And then I got to watch, the very, very end of France and Germany today where France beat Germany 1-0, uh, actually with an own goal um, being Ooh. the only goal scored. But France is, France is really, really good. Uh, if you remember watching the World Cup, they did win that last World Cup in Russia. They're expected to be the favorites in the Euros. Portugal and England, two of the other teams that are expected to maybe have a shout there. Um And I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great tournament. Now, Portugal, France, and Germany are all in that same group. So that's going to be an insane group to see who comes out of that. Uh, I I think France and Portugal, definitely Germany's going to need some help uh, with goal differential. But it's an exciting tournament so far. Yeah, I actually haven't caught any. Um, This is the kind of soccer I get drawn to the quickest uh, of the top level. Um, because I, I guess I know what countries are, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, figuring out what European city we're talking about, but this running through July 11th, it looks like I'll probably start catching some games. Um, especially, you know, like you said, with France coming off that world cup victory and having some familiarity with just watching them a couple years ago. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not against this. They went to Germany and won because so the way this is working is uh, there's not one host country like in normal years with COVID, they didn't want to put too much on one country's infrastructure. Um, so they kind of just have these teams hosting matches uh, 
against another national team. So Germany hosted France in Munich today. It was a no, no one has a full capacity crowd, um, but it's been interesting. Uh, Belgium went to Russia to win against the Russians in Russia, uh, and they kind of dominated Russia, which was even better. Um, so I, I like the Belgian team. I like their players, and, you know, Russia's Russia, so we're never going to root for them. But um, <laughs> it was nice to see Belgium get the win, and uh, today with France beating Germany – France just has too many weapons. Germany is an aging team. Um, their their moment in the sun was kind of, you know, four, or not four, but more like six to eight years ago uh, was Germany's heyday. And and they've definitely aged, and France is now the upcoming team with Mbappe and Pogba and Benzema, who's actually, Benzema's like the seasoned veteran, but they have uh, Antoine Griezmann as well. So it's a really tough French side, and I would expect them to win this tournament. So what do you know that we need to know? Well, the Valley Baseball League is in full swing now. It's been a little bit shaky for the Stanton Braves. They started out mm. hot 3 and 0. Uh since then they've only been able to win one game. They're 4 and 5. Yeah, the uh, bats have calmed down a bit. Recording. Yeah, the bats have calmed down and especially with runners in scoring position. I think that's the frustrating thing. And the loss to the Charlottesville Tom Sox on Monday. It felt like every inning Stanton had somebody in scoring position. They just couldn't get the hit they needed to get them in. Um, so that, that's frustrating. Um, hopefully the Braves are able to fix that. Baseball's a fickle game sometimes. Uh, you'll have nights where you look like the best team in the world, and then you'll have other nights where it looks like you can't hit anything. So um, It does look like they're the Tom Sox and Strasburg, two teams that we're used to talk about being top. It does look like those two teams are strong. They are. Uh, and I think that's as expected. You see Charlottesville and Strasburg at the top. But I think the other thing to keep an eye out for is going to be the Waynesboro Generals. They're off to a rocky start. Um, I still, Whose team is that? That's John Leonard's team. That is. John Leonard uh, told us that they were going to win, so we're going to hold John Leonard to that. Um, oh, I don't think I'm allowed to say that anymore. But <laughs> I, I do want to say that um, it's – it's still early. Waynesboro still has some yeah. players to come in. And yeah. I mean, we're getting toward the quarter point, but I'd say until you get to the halfway point, it's hard to get a read because players are coming and going as the season goes on. And so I, I still think Waynesboro is going to be a team in the playoffs. And if they're in the playoffs, they're a team you don't want to see. Yeah. I mean, they have to make up some ground to do that, but no reason they can't, but we'll, we'll see if, if, if that guy's teams can, can get going here and make them right. Uh, what I know that you need to know is I, I wanted to kind of wrap up the softball cause it, it dominated my life there for a couple of weeks. So I want to talk about it on the podcast. Obviously we've been talking a lot about JMU, but they went down. Oklahoma did go on and won that, uh, tournament. They won in three games. They, I believe they lost the first game to Florida state and then they came back and won the next two. Uh, there was a little pushback. I thought unfairly they moved the third game up to like 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I, I can't remember what time it was. That game wasn't even supposed to be on that day. They pushed the whole tournament a day. It, it kind of has to go back to when everybody had to play late on Saturday night that weekend. That was what they were trying to avoid. They were really trying to find a way to avoid pushing that tournament a day because they knew they had NBA playoffs on Thursday night that they didn't want to conflict with. They ended up, you know, biting their lip and and, and trying to fit it in. Um, I guess they were kind of hoping for a two-game 
final there, which could have been showcased in primetime on ESPN like they planned, didn't work out that way. I don't I don't view this as a against women's sports thing. This is against the money of the NBA contract. Like nothing gets in the way of the NBA contract. The NBA and NFL have things written into their TV contracts where they do not get messed with by different leagues. So I, I don't take this as a, a slight to women's sports. I think some other people on Twitter did. I just I, I just not seeing it that way on this on this topic. Plenty of other opportunity to bring that point up throughout the sports world. Um, so Odyssey signed with the USSA Pride. That's the same team, Jalen Ford and Megan Good, two other former JMU pitchers, great pitchers for JMU. So she joins that pitching staff there. Uh, that's the USA Pride. We talked about them with Megan, especially they, they play an independent schedule. They play a lot of games against the national teams, USA, Canada, Mexico. That's that's their schedule for the next month is playing those national teams, getting them ready for the Olympics. Uh, so that is the interesting schedule there. But what we talked about last week that I wanted to kind of come back to um, is, is the hope of keeping Coach Laporte at JMU. So to kind of frame, um, we talked about her salary last week in that you know, $100,000 range. Um, her base salary is that with bonuses uh, this year, she'll be above that. I, in my mind, I think they need to find a way to, to, to make her base salary closer to what her bonuses got her to this year. Maybe they can't match it, but just try to, Hey, you've earned a, you've earned, like we had these bonuses in here. You, you are that good a coach. We're going to pay you that much. So I, I would like to see JMU maybe find a way to increase her salary at least that much, would, which wouldn't be some jaw-dropping increase, but still a, a nice way to appreciate what she has. Also find a way to put more money into the program and facilities. They already have nice facilities. See what you can do in that area to try to draw more players there. That's always the battle in college sports is the facilities and the money around the teams. See if you can add to that and, and, and even – Increase that investment. Um, so that's what I'm hoping they can do with Coach Board. I was looking at other people's salaries. Uh, UVA's coach makes a very similar base salary. Uh, that's a coach that's not a top-level softball coach, though. Uh, Virginia Tech's softball coach makes fifty grand more a year. So that that's a, a good gap there. I, I don't think JMU can match that kind of level. So I just think that's a little bit out of reach. But if you put them, if you get her between there, that's an ACC is a great softball conference. You're putting her in that kind of line. Okay. Oklahoma, you're not going to get Oklahoma money. You're not going to get a million dollars a year that, that, that petty gas makes. You're just not, you're not going to get that. But what bothered me the most in this hope of keeping coach Laporte, Mickey Dean left JMU. He was from Elkton. He, he was a Virginia guy. And you're like, wow, you know, if he left, then you can lose coach support. The other reason you can lose coach support is because an SEC team in Auburn came in and swooped in and offered Mickey Dean five years at $250,000 a year. That's why Mickey Dean left home is that you can't turn down more than a million dollar contract. Like you can go coach that out and then come back and live pretty nice <laughs> in the Shenandoah Valley and retire if that's what you need to do or be successful and make more money or keep coaching at that value. So that's what you got to hope against if you're a JMU fan. I know Coach Laporte has a lot of roots in Virginia, roots in the Shenandoah Valley with her family, but that kind of money can uproot a tree. <laughs> and uh, we're all hoping against it. And and hopefully, hopefully she she doesn't leave. 
But I'll tell you, it's hard to say that without hesitating because I think she deserves that opportunity. I think she is a really good coach, and I think she can recruit great players, and I think she does a great job at getting the most out of the players on her roster, as we saw at JMU this year. I don't, I don't think they were the most talented team in that College World Series, but they got the most noise. They beat the team with the most talent. So I, I think she's any opportunity she gets, she deserves that opportunity, and uh, none of us can can falter for that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was impressed that the uh, the final poll came out and JMU was fourth. I kind of figured they would be fifth or sixth um, in that final poll, but to be fourth was great. So congrats to, again, the softball team on a great season. But talking about Coach Laporte, I think you're right. Um, I think last week I said somewhere in the neighborhood of 120, maybe JMU could get to if they, you know, dug under the couch cushions and found all the pennies and got it all together and went to a nice coin star um, but <laughs> I, like, I think 120 a year is like max that JMU can yeah. afford to put into a softball coach. And that's not saying that they don't care about softball. It's just being realistic. JMU does not have that kind of money to be throwing around, you know, 150, like Virginia tech has, they don't have enough. JMU will never have enough to pay a softball coach a million dollars unless the dollar just crashes. Oh, value. No, I mean, yeah, so yeah, that's, 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 but that's, I mean, that's 10 times what we're talking here. So yeah. And like you said, I, I know, and I touched on it last week, everyone, you know, oh, well, you know, she, you know, so-and-so loves the Valley. So-and-so loves where they are. So-and-so couldn't imagine being anywhere else. They love it here. Yeah. Okay. A they they love it until they see a check with a lot of zeros. And then you can love somewhere else too. I mean, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. And so I, would I blame her if she did? No. Uh, no. Do I hope she stays? Yeah. I, I want JMU to do well, and I like Coach Laporte. Um, I and like what she's built there. doing it. Yeah, like, I, she's, I like what she's, she's built there. It. So I, I want her to stay and keep JMU going strong. But if, if a big Power 5 school comes a call in and says, you know, we can, d- you know, almost double what you're going to get from JMU, yeah, it's kind of hard to say she's she's wrong for taking that. I think the only other side of this is if if JMU can commit to a lot of years, I think it would be a big help, you know, commit commit to a lot of years, increase increase in pay and have bonuses in for college world series that are even maybe better than what she had before and then but increase that pay and if you give her a long term, this is where you can be if you want to be here you know, kind of no matter what situation, no matter how much the uh, power conferences hold you back, you're going to still be getting this big money and this opportunity. I, I, I think that's, that's the other side of the approach maybe. here. If you're JMU, maybe, 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 I, I'm maybe. I'm and and if that's the only negotiating tactic Dean. you have. Okay. But it, yeah, if JMU's like, Hey Mickey, we'll give you a 20 year contract to stay versus that five year contract you have at 250. Like Mickey's going to be like, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the five-year 250, and then at the end of that, if I do terribly and I get fired and can't get another job anywhere, I'll just move back to the Valley, and I'll be set. Yeah, and a 20-year is probably not what I was aiming for, but I, I don't know. Stability in the coaching world is is a hard thing to guarantee, so if, if Jamie could find a way to increase that aspect of it, I, I think that would be an opportunity, but I, I don't know. But I, I think... Mean, 
I think coaches, though, at this level, Leland, especially somebody like a Mickey Dean or a Lauren Laporte, I think they have confidence in themselves to do it wherever they go. So I don't think I, I don't think they're going to look at that and go, oh, wow, I have more stability here at JMU. I, I think they look at it as, That's hey, true. Georgia's offering me this job or Arizona's offering me yeah. this job because I can do it there, too. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that logic, and that's what Mickey Dean thought. And uh, I, I don't know. I thought, I, I will be honest, I kind of can't keep referencing Mickey Dean. I think I was more hopeful of Coach Support being able to stay until I saw the number that got thrown at Mickey Dean. Like, she, she deserves that. She deserves that offer, and she should go for that offer. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully for her pocketbook, she gets that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully... Uh, for her stay in here, JMU can do something that that counters that well enough, and I just it seems unlikely. So we'll see. Yep. But that will do it for us on this week's Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. Facebook, you can find us on Yak Sports Pod by searching us there on Facebook, or you can email us yaksportspod at gmail Be sure to comment. Tell us what you thought of the episode. You can comment on Will's interview there where we're talking about LeBron. You can comment on the bonus segment about the college football playoff. Um, you can tell us about what you think about the Lauren Laporte situation for JMU. Jeff, feel free to tell us about how UVA baseball is going to win it all. Um, whatever whatever you want to talk about. Um, John will probably tell us about how we are misquoting him and that they're not his Waynesboro Generals. He loves all his Valley League teams equally. Um, cause they're all his children, but like, I think we said, maybe I didn't say it on the podcast, but I've told other people who have said, you know, Oh, I love all my children equally. That's, that's what you say in public, but deep down every parent knows there's one, there's one they would say first, you know, this from your years of parental uh, experience here. I know this from just the facts, like it's, so- so your brother must be your, your parents' favorite. Oh, right? yeah. My brother's the golden <laughs> child for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But everybody knows up, deep down. I grew down. up in a two-kid household, and I think at times we both had our roles. I mean, there was a, there was a time, a stretch, where I was definitely the favorite kid. Cause yeah. That, 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 yeah, there was a time. <laughs> that was a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say... Only one of us was at Mother's Day with my mom, so Ooh. that did get me some points. I, that might have caused me to hop out of a hole. Brad so. on mom's side, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Brad's gonna be able to buy Kentucky Derby tickets for one year. I won't, so uh, that'll get him back on top. But yeah, yeah so my sister having a kid on my mom's birthday was just a real, real blow to the oh hierarchy. Well, I mean that happens sometimes, but. I mean, you're the number Except. two podcaster in your mom's eyes, too. So that's that's tough. But <laughs> just kidding, Mrs. McRae. So <laughs> but again, be sure to tell us what we're not talking about that you do want to hear us talk about on the Yak Sports podcast. And Leland and I will do our best to learn it and talk about it here. And uh, it's probably something that we know a little bit about. and We just haven't brought it up because there's so much else going on. But we'll get to it if we know that's something the listeners want to hear. Until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast. 